All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And again, uh, as you're finding that, I uh, want to remind you, you can get your T-shirt right over in the Connection Cafe, and that's in the middle building right over there. So uh, go see them right after the service and get you a T-shirt. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Let us hear what Paul writes to kind of his protege, protege Timothy and, and, and what he wants to all of us. It's in Scripture because God wanted all of us to hear it and apply it to our lives. Let us hear God's Word. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. And now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last uh, week we started our new series called I Love My City. And that is exactly what we are here to do. We are here to love our city and, and to learn how we can love our city the way God has called us to love people. Why do we love our city? Because we love people. Why do we love people? Because Jesus said, that's exactly what I want you to do. He, he gave us two main commandments. He said in these two, uh, one, the first is to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second is like it, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we're going to do what Jesus said, if we're going to follow those commandments, then one of the things we have to make sure we do is learn to love people and learn to love our city. Now, we know that Wilmington's a great place to live, many good things happening in the Wilmington area, but there are some challenges, there's no doubt, just a few of these challenges that we laid out last week. Uh, going to review just a few of those. The first is Wilmington received a D-plus grade for safety, uh, D-plus grade means that the rate of crime is higher than the average U.S. city. Um, another one we saw that Wilmington is, is in the top four cities in North Carolina for sex trafficking, and uh, we are uh, mainly because we're a port city and we have easy access to I-95 and I-40, and so it has easy access to that, um, and so it's definitely one of uh, the top cities here for that um, Terrible, terrible problem. Um, uh, overdoses in North Carolina alone have increased since the pandemic by 36% by 36%, and those are just the ones we know about. That's in North Carolina. And then Wilmington has the highest opioid abuse rate in the country, has one of the highest in the country, and it's greater than 11.6% of individuals suffer from opioid addiction. And again, that's the ones we know about. So it could be actually a lot worse. And so uh, if we are going to love our city, then we want to make a difference in, this situ in these situations. We want to make a difference in our city. Now, we have values here uh, at Pine Valley that we kind of do ministry by. 
certain values, and uh, it's part of our vision statement. Our vision statement, of course, is to lo- uh, is connecting hearts to Christ and one another. You'll see it over the doorways as you come in. Not very long, easy to remember. Connecting hearts to Christ and one another. Connecting hearts to Christ, that's the vertical connection. Connecting hearts to one another, that is the horizontal co- connection. Yes, if you notice that, it makes a cross. Amen. And it goes along with God's to uh, Jesus' two great commandments to love God and love, uh, love your neighbor. But anyway, we have certain values, uh, four E's that we learn about. These are the four E's. Uh, they all start with E's. So it helps us uh, remember them. Excellence in worship, engaging spiritual formation, extra mile caring, and expressive faith sharing. And what we're doing in this series is looking at each of those and how those will help us to love our city. So they're not just so that we can come have a hallelujah time here together, and we're having one, don't get me wrong, but that it turns us outward and to go love our city the way that God has called us to do that. And so last week we looked at the first one, excellence in worship, and saw that excellence in worship says that we uh, place God as our priority. It tells our city that we are remind. It reminds us of the power of God to do things in our city. And then, of course, it also uh, it, it it is when we get to invite people to be in the presence of God, and we know it's in God's presence, is where we can find transformation and others can find transformation that they need. And so today we're looking at engaging spiritual formation. Now, engaging spiritual formation, spiritual formation, this is what this kind of breaks down to, or in a nutshell, engaging spiritual formation is when we use studies, groups, and resources that help us to grow in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so this can be Bible studies. It can be Sunday school classes. We still have a strong Sunday school here at this church. A lot of churches say, well, Sunday school is a thing of the past. No, we have a strong Sunday school here. And um, in fact, if if you go to this service, we have strong Sunday school classes at 1115. And we have a family class at 830 uh, with breakfast, by the way. So uh, anyway, um, and so we have other uh, options there. But it's not just Sunday school. It's small groups groups. It's, it's, um, it's also uh, Bible studies and Wednesday night classes and covenant groups and different things like that that help us grow in our relationship to God. It's being spiritually formed, being recreated into what God is, has designed us to be so that we can go do what God has designed us to do. I mean, look at how, I I love how Paul writes to Timothy, and he just kind of lays it out there in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 4. He says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Not that the church would ever do that, you know what I mean? But um, I I remember hearing of a church one time, um, that it was before I I went there or whatever, but I heard of it. they, they had this large family, and the large family left that church because of the uh, uh, because they decided to put pads on the pew. I'm talking about not the little pads you write on. I'm talking about padding on the pews. 
That's why they left that church is because they put padding on the pews. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm sure that many people sat through a sermon after that thanking them for putting the pads on the pews. But somebody evidently didn't want the pad on the pew, and so they decided to leave. That's what Paul's kind of talking about there, you know, these things that don't really matter and all. And, And he says, don't get caught up in all of those things. But he said, instead... Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, I kind of like this verse partly because he says there's something you can do better than physical training since I probably don't exercise enough, you know, but he does say physical training is good, so I probably need to exercise more, but, or, or I need to start, but anyway, but, but he's saying what is really better is to train yourself to be more godliness, training for godliness. In other words, being spiritually formed is going to be what helps us in this life and in the one to come. And I believe being spiritually formed is what will help us be prepared to go and make a difference in our city. And let's look at how that happens this morning. Why do we need engaging spiritual formation in order to love our city? Number one is this. First of all, we need it because there will be spiritual warfare. There will be spiritual warfare. Listen, whenever we start making a difference in this city, and I believe we already are in many different ways, whether it's through our worship services, whether it's through Celebrate Recovery, whether it's through the missional opportunities that we get, and we're going to talk about more of that in the next couple of weeks, especially in extra mile carrying and all. But as we make a difference in the city, there is going to be somebody that doesn't like it. And you know who that somebody is? It's the devil. Amen? He is not going to like it when Whenever we make a difference in the city, he's going to cause, he, listen, he is having a heyday right now with all the division that's out there, with all the fear that's out there, with all the death that's out there, with all of those statistics that I read to you a while ago, he is having a heyday and the enemy continues to want to have that heyday. But listen, as we make a difference in this city, he's going to come at us with everything he has. Now, Paul knew that. And so he writes to the, in the book of Ephesians, he writes this in Ephesians chapter six, verse 11 and 12, put on the whole armor of God. that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means the strategies. He's strategic. He's not an idiot. He's strategic. And, and, And so, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Listen, that's what spiritual formation is. It is we are putting on the whole armor of God so that we can be prepared to go out and do battle against the evil that's in this world. And and because the enemy is not going to like it whenever we are making a difference. Listen, that, that, that means that the devil cannot have this city. That's what we're saying. Devil, you are not going to take this city. That's why, amen, amen. That's why, that's why we have prayer groups that are praying 
uh, we, we got a, a list of the gang names, and, and we have people that are praying for the gangs that are in this city, that God will do something, will infiltrate those gangs in a way that will turn things around in this city. That's why we believe, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if we're going to make a difference in this city, it's not going to be done by a government-run program. It's not going to be done by something. Oh, yeah, amen, amen. And don't get me wrong, there's good ones out there, and praise the Lord of whatever help and work, but that's not going to be what changes this city. It's going to be a spiritual awakening that comes, and it has to come from the church first if we are going to make a difference. Amen. And the enemy knows that. And so our weapon is going to be being spiritually formed. It's going to be prayer. It's going to be engaging spiritual formation so that we can engage in the spiritual warfare that comes against this city. Number two is this. We do not, I mean, we need engaging spiritual formation because our faith must be passed down. We need to be spiritually formed because our faith must be passed down. Um, and it, how can we pass down something if we don't have it ourselves? Amen? How can we pass down something that we don't possess ourselves? And if we are going to be spiritually formed, then, I mean, if we're going to pass this faith down, then we need to, to do that. Listen, we, we have to love and transform our city, and we have to reach the next generation. And what I'm afraid of is we are allowing the next generation to be transformed, but it's not by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's by TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram, and we're allowing them to train our kids and raise our kids instead of us doing it in the form of spiritual formation. Now, I'm not, I don't go home and say, oh, he's getting on TikTok, and I mean, he's getting down on TikTok and Snapchat and all of that. No, I, I'm not. And some of that can be used very good in some very good ways. But I'm, what I'm saying is we cannot allow that to transform our, our kids' lives or our, the lives of our youth. We have to be the ones that are forming them so that they can be an influence in culture instead of culture being an influence to them. Amen? You, you, know, it don't, you know it doesn't take but about three generations to completely lose the idea. Three generations can completely erase an idea. If you don't believe me, uh, if we did a survey, how many of you know how to actually saddle a horse? There's a couple, amen. But it's not being taught anymore because why? We don't have to do it anymore. We have cars, right? But did you know that people for thousands of years knew how to, it was the, one of the first things they would learn, their kids would learn it, everybody would learn it, was how to saddle a horse because that is the way that folks would travel. Some of our grandparents uh, did that along with uh, probably the Apostle Paul and along with others and Julius Caesar. Everybody knew how to do those things because they needed it. But did you know that just three generations, you lose completely the idea of how to do something. Folks, we're allowing that to happen with our faith, with our next generation. 
Look at what happens. Look at Judges chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, that was just a nice way of saying they kicked the bucket, all right? Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. This was after just one generation that knew nothing of the Lord, and the first thing they do, they go and do evil, and they worship and, and they, they, are, they worship idols. And it's all because the faith was not passed down. And folks, we cannot allow that to happen in our city. And it has to start here. It blesses me to see children and youth and all that are worshiping with us and going to Sunday school and at youth group and all of that because that makes a difference. And they're not going to get it from school. They're not going to get it from television. We have to get them here, and they need to hear it and see it in our lives at home as well. Amen? Amen. There, uh, the, great, the late, great Louis Grizzard was a columnist, and, and he, he, he writes uh, in one of his columns, he writes about going back to his home church, Methodist church one day, and, and he's standing outside of it, and he says, you know, I'm not sure when the last time I've been in it is. It's probably been over 10 years. But what he remembered specifically about that church was whenever he was a child and was going to MYF. Now, MYF is Methodist Youth Fellowship. Now, some of you that are, uh, uh, may remember whenever it was called Methodist Youth Fellowship. Now, if you remember it being called the Epworth League, then you're probably close to 85 or 90, and that's really good, and we're glad you're here, and don't ever be ashamed of being here and calling it that, but that was a long time ago. But it, most of you probably grew up with it being either MYF or later it was UMYF, United Methodist Youth Fellowship. But anyway, now we call ours Impact, all right? But, but the thing is that uh, he said, I remember there was these two boys in town, and they had broken into a store, and they had been arrested and were juvenile and, and had been charged as juveniles. And their sentencing was this. They were sentenced that they would have, they were forced to go to MYF at the church for six months as their punishment. Now, I, I, I know our, our, I hope you group's not a punishment to anybody, but anyway, that was their sentencing back then. And, and so they were sentenced to go, and of course, the first night they were there, they beat up two other little boys and, um, and threw a Cokesbury hymnal. That was those little small hymnals that we used to have, the little Cokesbury hymnal, threw it at the lady that would bring the cookies. So that was their first night. Anyway, after dodging and missing the Cokesbury hymnal, the lady went over to talk to them, and she says, you know what? I love Jesus, and he loves me, and he, he has called me to love you too. And so if Jesus can forgive you, I can forgive you. And she gave them the whole plate of cookies. Those two boys didn't miss a night of youth group after that. And Louis Grizzard said, from what he hears, they both grew up in their incredible dads to incredible families, and they hardly ever miss a Sunday at that little church. He said that that was the first miracle I ever remember, was seeing what God did in their lives. And folks, we 
can see miracles every Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. But we have to make it a priority to pass our faith to our, our young people through home and through the church so that we will have a generation that can transform this city even after we go on. And lastly is this. Not only because there will be spiritual warfare and not only because we have a faith that needs to be passed down, but also we need spiritual formation because we need spiritual endurance when discouragement comes. Folks, the fact of the matter is, if you really get into ministry, and I'm not talking about pulpit ministry, I'm talking about any ministry where you're helping people and doing, uh, and doing something for God. When you get into ministry, discouragement is going to come sometimes. There will be setbacks. There will be battles lost. There will be people who relapse. There will be people that we invest in in a lot of different ways and they will turn their back on us or they will let us down. All of that's going to happen. There will be disappointment and what we must, we must be spiritually filled and spiritually formed so that whenever those things happen, we can still hold on. Look at what Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. In other words, that we can still hold on even when things get tough. Because, yes, it will get tough sometimes. It will get tough in our own lives, and our own families. It will get tough whenever we have done a lot to help somebody and they seem not to help themselves at all. Some of that, it's going to get tough sometimes, but we need to be spiritually formed so that we can be sustained during those times. It's going to get rough sometimes, but sometimes you just have to hold on. And that's what spiritual formation helps us to do is to hold on during those times. Last year, we uh, borrowed an inner tube um, that you pull behind our boat. And so we got on the boat, and, um, and I wasn't too... I, now, I drove it some this year with the inner tube, but I, at that point, I still won't... Y'all have heard about my boat driving and going to the military base by accident and that kind of stuff. And so, so, so I was still learning. And so what we did, I had uh, my buddy Tony Brigman uh, drive the boat and, um, and my kids and I were on it and we were going to pull the inner tube. And so we were kind of out over there at Masonboro and a bunch of inner tubes and boats and all around. And so I, I said, well, I'll just stay on the, I'll, I'll hop on the inner tube a minute and help us to get out from around these boats and y'all pull, pull us on out there. Well, I hadn't put on a life jacket and I hadn't even taken off. I had a golf shirt on. I hadn't even taken that off. But anyway, so I thought we were just going to go out a little bit. Next thing I know, we take off. And we're going down. And I'm sitting there holding on and, and pull, being pulled along there with a shirt on and no life jacket. And so I was scared to let go because, I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I can swim. But still, I, I, I didn't have on a life jacket. So I, I was holding on. And I, and I was hollering, stop, stop. And Tony asked my girls, what's he saying? Is he saying stop or slow? And they said, no, he says go faster. <laughs> they knew exactly what I was saying. But anyway, uh, so they took off, and I was holding on and hitting all kinds of bumps. And folks, you know what? That's how life is sometimes. We're saying stop, and life just gets faster and faster, and it gets harder and harder. And sometimes all we can do is hold on. Spiritual formation helps us to hold on. 
even when things get bumpy and rocky, even when discouragement comes. And that's what I pray that we will do today. As we gather around this table, as we come close, and as we receive the sustenance, that's what Jesus gave us communion for. It was to be spiritual sustenance, especially when we're hurting, especially when we're discouraged, especially when we're tired. He says, come to the table. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're not going to physically come around this table, but we are going to share in Holy Communion together. And that's what I pray, that as we share around this table, we will continually be spiritually formed so that we can actively love this city. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your love, for who you are. Lord, we pray right now, maybe there's some in this place, Lord, that have felt disappointed or discouraged lately. And they're just trying to hold on for all they're worth. Lord, we pray right now, God, that you will just spiritually fill us and form us. Maybe there's some, Lord, that we are knowing that it needs to be a priority that we pass this faith down to the next generation. That means starting it in our homes, but also helping at the church to do that. And so, Lord, maybe there's some spiritual formation in our own lives so that we can possess what we need to pass down. Or maybe there's some of us here, Lord, that we just know that it's a spiritual warfare thing and the devil's been attacking. And Lord, we just want your presence more and more in our lives so that we can be spiritually ready for anything that the enemy comes against us with. Lord, let that be today. Let us find your presence in a greater way than ever before. In Jesus' name. Amen.